AJ Jacobs is my new Max Lucado. Okay. So if he writes something, I'm going to be reading it and I'm going to be emailing him. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And we have with us today a very special guest, and in true Kevin Troller fashion, he's bringing not one, not two books, but a whole handful. And we'll see if this lives up to his WrestleMania edition Hall of Fame, but... I know, he's an I, overachiever. <laughs> I know, so I'm going to attempt to list the titles that he's brought us today, but he's probably going to have to jump in. And, it's like a pop quiz. Yes, it save is. me at some point. But I know he is talking about several of A.J. Jacobs' books, including the know-it-all, the year of living biblically, the puzzler, and there's one that I always mess up the title for, but the subtitle is My Life is a Guinea Pig. Yeah, the Guinea Pig Diaries, okay, okay. Or, you know, basically his experiences in life. Okay, and, and then you have a fifth one. A fifth, a fifth one. one. It was going to be just those four, but along the way I kept researching him, and I, I found an interesting title, The new, the Two Kings, Jesus and Elvis, and so I, I couldn't resist <laughs> like, that well, one. That was a little to. different than I thought it was going to be, but it's the, the title was certainly intriguing. So what was your first foray into his books? Yeah, great question. So A.J. Jacobs, for all of our listening viewers, audience, He's on the top of my list now. He, mm -hmm. he is right up there with wrestling biographies and autobiographies. <laughs> and I had never heard of him three months ago. Oh, wow. So I was going on vacation to Minneapolis. Anytime I'm on vacation, I stop in, give me a couple of books, Jamie. And she did, of which one of was The Year of Living Biblically, mm -hmm. which that was pretty intriguing. I got so hooked on that book. All I did was started looking for what else he wrote. So I wound up with the four and then ultimately the fifth. But yeah, till three months ago, I'd never heard of him. And now here you are, five of his books in your lap. <laughs> it is. It is. And actually, if I put him in the order that he wrote them, The Two Kings, Jesus and Elvis was actually the first book he wrote in 1994. Oh. So he's... Not new. He's new to me. Yeah. But he certainly isn't new. Then the know-it-all, that was in 2004, the year mm -hmm. of living biblically, 2007. The guinea pig diaries or my life as an experiment, mm -hmm. that was in 2009. And then new this year, 2022, the puzzler. Wow. So that's kind of the order of him. But if, if somebody wanted to dive into A.J. Jacobs, mm -hmm. I definitely would start with the guinea pig diaries. My life is an experiment because that really gives you a feel for what he does, why he does it and how he does it. So for people who don't know what he does, why he does and how he does it, what is it? So here's an author for Esquire magazine. Mm -hmm. And so young guy, when he starts writing, he's not married yet, doesn't have any children yet. He's I guess what you would call an experiential writer. So he just does things to then write about it. So that's why I would start with the guinea pig diaries, because there's every chapter in here is something new about just something he does. So there's a chapter in here about radical honesty, which he titles, I think you're fat. And <laughs> there's been TV shows and other kind of things that have gone along the same theme where Whatever you're actually thinking, that's what you tell somebody. There is no filtering. There is no anything. It is raw, unadulterated. I'm telling you exactly what I think all the time, which obviously can be very hurtful mm -hmm. to people. But he's got a chapter in what that looks like. He calls it radical honesty, where he is absolutely telling people unfiltered exactly what it's on his mind and in pretty graphic detail. Does and he, he lose keeps friendships? his job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all like, how many people give up on him? <laughs> 
Well, he many people are taken aback by it, mm-hmm. you know, and he kind of explains why he's doing what he does. And so I think most people kind of go along with it. Yeah. He's got a chapter in there, My Outsourced Life. He decides to outsource everything. He wants someone to answer his calls, answer his emails. He finds out that in Asia, he got a company and he started giving them simple tasks and he found out they could do it much faster much cheaper than, and the quality was really, really good. Mm-hmm. So he just started giving them more and more. He'd <laughs> wow. send them emails and tell them to respond for him. Everything about his life, he tried to outsource for a period of time. So there's there's a chapter about that. <laughs> was he dating or married at this time? So at this time, he is married. His wife, Julie, uh, and we'll get into later, I wound up emailing AJ Jacobs and was shocked as always when he emails me back. But my first email to him was complimenting him on his books, but then saying, your wife, Julie, and everyone says that about my wife. Oh, your wife, Mary, what she has to go through. (laughs) I guarantee you he puts his wife and now three children through all kind of shenanigans. I'm sure. He builds that into all of his stories. So whatever the story is, he's pulls in his father, he pulls in his wife, he gets them doing things. The million times Julie must roll her eyes at him because it's incredible. What about the chapter on nakedness? (laughs) Nakedness. So he's assigned by Esquire a story that he's doing with a, a female actress. And she starts talking to him about several of the shows or things she has to do nude, Mm -hmm. naked. And when I stop and think about that, I certainly would not want to be photographed in the nude and people do whatever that, that would be so uncomfortable. I'm pretty out there, but that would be so uncomfortable. That's fair. (laughs) And so he decides that he needs to experience that. So he goes through a photo shoot of, you know, being nude and all that comes with that. And He's up there and he's so embarrassed and people are just texting on their phone. And I mean, they're not interested. No one cares. No one cares (laughs) at all. (laughs) And what his view of that. That's the first book that I'd recommend is the Guinea Pig Diaries, because he goes through 10 to 12 different things, different chapters where he's trying whatever it is he's doing. And then he writes about people's reaction to that. And like I say, he always is pulling his family (laughs) into his into his shenanigans. So that's the first book. With that book, before we, you know, put it to rest, how does he decide which experiment to take on next? Oh, that's a good one. I think a lot of his work, like I say, he's an author for Esquire magazine, just happens to be things that they're talking about, different stories that come up that the magazine has to cover. I think they lent itself to, what if I did this or that with that? And then some of the more topical books just kind of grew out from that. He might have tried mm-hmm. something before. And so, you know, the one that I, I started with this year of living biblically, I mean, that is, I mean, think about that. <laughs> His research is out of the world. Mm-hmm. So he started with 16 different variations of Bibles, different religions. Mm-hmm. And so he's got 16 Bibles, 300 plus other religious themed books He takes a trip to Israel. I mean, his research is out the world. Mm -hmm. And then in this book, he decides he's going to take the Bible literally, and he's going to live the Bible for a year. So there's even a series of pictures in the book where he starts day one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And he goes through what he looks like for a year. So he quit cutting his hair. He quit cutting his beard. He started wearing a robe. He had sandals. He had a staff. He walked out in public, and he did 
what the Bible said to do. So mm-hmm. simple stuff like thou shalt not lie. Most people lie quite often. A lot of people justify the reason to lie. I don't mm-hmm. want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. So if you ask me if that meatloaf you made tonight was good, of course I'm going to tell you it was good, Katie. <laughs> we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, he wrestles with that, how mm-hmm. he has to. And then he comes to the same conclusion of the, the art is is not lying, but saying it in love. And so he learns to kind of go through that. But but all the different things that the Bible tells you to do, and, and my favorite story in that one is the stoning of adulterers. <laughs> Got a question for that? I mean, I think it's the question that's on everyone's mind. Was the meatloaf okay? No. The I'm meatloaf kidding. was awesome. <laughs> so does he stone an adulterer? He does. So he reads all about it. That's a big deal in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, stoning adulterers. So again, his mind has to wrestle with how do I do that Mm -hmm. in today's life and times? Yeah. So again, he's walking around the world in a robe and a belt and a staff, and he's got a pocket full of pebbles. Those are his stones. Oh, good. (laughs) And so he engages an individual who the conversation is already not going well. The guy's a little on edge with him to begin with, probably because of his appearance. He doesn't like how he looks and you're a freak and what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he explains it to him and he goes, and now I'm to the part where I have to stone adulterers. And the guy just looks at him and gets mad and says, I'm an adulterer and starts going through the list of people that he's had relationships with to the point that then A.J. Jacobs said that I must stone you. And he reaches in his pocket and pulls out some pebbles and throws it at the guy's chest. <laughs> and the guy is not happy. I imagine. No, no. Yeah. But it's things like that all the way through the Bible. He would he would read. He would see. How do I do that in today's world? And he did that for an entire year. Yes. Wow. The picture, the transition in the pictures in the beginning of the book is very, it's distinct. Were there any other kind of eccentric rules that we kind of don't think about today? I know there was something about fabrics. Fabric and and clothing. Certain types of fabrics could not be put together. And so it wasn't just Christian religions. I mean, he had Jewish, he had, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Muslim, Buddhist. He had very... A lot of different religions that he talked to. So there's actually a Jewish man who understands all the rules of old time Jewish history. And he knew all the cloths that you could not put together. So he commissions this guy. The guy comes into his house, inspects all of his clothes, tells him what he can keep, what he can't keep or what he can wear, I should say, that he threw it all away. And, And several times he would bring the guy in to make sure that something he was allowed to wear just because of what mm-hmm. was written in the Old Testament. And it's hard enough to get natural fibers nowadays. I know. But I imagine finding the right ones to put together was extra hard. It's probably why he just, he was like, you know what, a robe. At least I know the robe is one thing. <laughs> hey, for all those of you that go to the gym nowadays, luckily spandex didn't exist in the Old Testament days. <laughs> <laughs> just get your cotton robe on and you just chill outside. <laughs> That's it. That's it. A nice breeze down here in Texas. So what else do we have? How about the know-it-all? So the know-it-all is about his foray into reading all 32 volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, wow. So his father actually started to do that many, many years ago, and he made it to the B volume. Borneo (laughs) is about where he stopped. And so AJ decides he's going to take up his father's task. He's going to read the entire Encyclopedia, 32 volumes. 33,000 pages, 65,000 articles, 44 million words. He's going to read every word of it. So that book 
has 26 chapters, one for every letter of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. He does some of the things he learned in each of those things throughout the book. And then, of course, he's roping in stories about how he's using what he learned at parties and what he gets his wife to do and what he gets, what she gets her father to do. You know, kind of interesting title that I'm going to read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica and I'm going to be the know-it-all. I'm going to go on Jeopardy. I'm going to win everything. I couldn't remember. I, I wouldn't. I could read it, but I wouldn't remember. Exactly. Stuff, That's so. the hard part. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take him to read all of the volumes? I don't remember. I don't know if it took him a year or how long it took him to do that. And it doesn't say on the cover real quick, but I'm sure it took him a long time. I imagine, especially if his... Do you say his father-in-law or his dad, his sto dad. stopped after after B? Borneo. Yeah, he was a, <laughs> Borneo. Yeah, his father wasn't impressed that that's what he decided that he needed to do. His father's a very learned man. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, always interesting, you know, his his relationship with his father, his wife, his kids, and how he spins them into the story. But, yeah, this book just ends. He gets to the Z chapter. He tells a couple of stories at Z. Boom. That's it. Book's over. I read the I read the Encyclopedia Britannica. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and is and you said what he's writing about in that book is kind of his experience as he's reading it. Does he make a lot of references to like things he learned that were surprising or anything like that? Or was it more of a challenge? I think it was more of a challenge and just trying to find ways to use to what he did. So even yeah. if he as he read the first volume, the A's. And, and he's going to parties or he's having discussions at Esquire. <laughs> he's looking for a way that he has to use aardvark. Like you, you yeah. probably don't understand this about the aardvark. And, and he'll come out with some definitional thing that he's learned. And that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to see how much of the stuff that he's learned he can just incorporate into everyday life. I imagine it would be really funny to have someone like that around and just try to figure out what they're talking about to figure out what letter they're on. I would just make up stuff. You know, I wouldn't even be honest and truthful or any oh, of no. So I would shatter two books. I would know nothing and I wouldn't be living biblically. I would just start making stuff up just to see if, if he knew. But <laughs> uh, Did you know the aardvark has a, a secret fifth leg? <laughs> I didn't know that. And then he would have to go back and yes. look it up. Yeah, go, go look it up in your encyclopedia. I promise it's true. Bye. So the puzzler is one that is jumping out at me. I know it's his newest one. And it has very obviously like a crossword puzzle on the front, maybe like a Sudoku. What... Could he possibly be doing as a challenge? So this is a complicated book. All the <laughs> other all the other books, you know, there's this story within a story. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's reading the encyclopedia, he's reading the Bible, and then he's going out and living it, and he's trying to So he's also doing stuff, but he's got like 18 chapters of every different kind of puzzle. Rubik cubes, anagram, rebuses, jigsaw puzzles, mazes. So he does all these research on various different types of puzzles. Mm -hmm. And then he travels all over the world looking at the mazes and looking at doing these puzzles and algorithms, mathematical algorithms. So in this book, he's not only explaining all the puzzles, but there's diagrams and pictures and how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so you could actually, this book would take years to read if you actually were Tried doing to, yeah. everything he's telling you to do. The Rubik's Cube chapter alone was just fascinating how fast people got to where they could do a Rubik's Cube with their hands or their feet or blindfolded. Yeah. It's just incredible. There was a guy recently who set a record for juggling Rubik's Cubes while solving them. 
uh, he had three Rubik's Cubes he was solving at once, and he was juggling them while doing it, which is insane to me. I'm a big Sudoku fan. Does he talk about Sudoku in there? Yep. It gets his own chapter about the various levels of Sudoku. So, he, of course, he started out the only place I'll ever do is the very early ones. Entry Sudoku. <laughs> exactly. But he gets very, very complicated. There are a lot of... I, I watched, I guess, a professional Sudoku solver, and it's not... When you get to that level, it's almost like when you get to math and they take the numbers out. It's not about the puzzle anymore. It's about like statistics and like all of these like logical reasoning things. Kind of like card like, counting for kind of like card counting where you're like it's not a game anymore. Right. It's a it's a strategic like puzzle. It's it, it is it's it about is... the algorithm. Exactly. How to do it. Even the Rubik's Cube and and for those of you that are listening, I'm showing a picture right now, but there's a oh. 33 by 33 by 33 Rubik's, Rubik's Cube. cube. <laughs> so people built very, very complicated Rubik's Cubes, even cubes that don't even look like cubes. Yeah. I mean, he would get all of these and try and figure out how to solve them. And even with them, there's these complicated algorithms mm-hmm. to know how many times that you would have to turn yeah. it. But, but yeah, everything about this book is explaining what an anagram is, jigsaw yeah. puzzles. So again, I told you he he always gets his family roped in. <laughs> Somehow he found an international jigsaw puzzle competition. And he looked it up. It's true, it's a thing. He looked it up and there was no USA entrance. Did so he, join? He, he decides he, his wife, and two of his children, because it was a four-person team, are going to be the USA entrance into the <laughs> international Jigsaw puzzle competition. Yep, yep. They fly overseas. It was somewhere Mm -hmm. overseas. And they land there. There's all these teams. And there's each team is given four very complex jigsaw puzzles and a set period of time. How far could you go? How many could you accomplish in Mm -hmm. the period of time? And his goal was he didn't want to be last. (laughs) So let's just say there was an hour or two hours for the competition. There were teams that finished. All four, all four of the puzzles mm-hmm. in, in that period of time. They had finished one and had barely started the second. And they came in next to last. Well done, AJ. That's right. That's right. That's a goal and you score. achieved it. USA entrant, we did not finish last. And now when his kids are telling stories when they're growing up, they're just like, did I mention the time that my family finished next to last in a jigsaw puzzle, an international jigsaw puzzling competition? The guy's amazing. The guy's amazing. And what's all the more amazing is, you know, I'm silly enough that I'll see something in life or on TV or a book, and I just will tell myself, I need to reach out to that guy. So I was reading The Year of Living Biblically, Mm -hmm. and I finished it, and it was such an interesting, um, humorous book, both his life and what he was doing, that I found his email address or a website of his and contact him. And so I wrote and just told him how fascinated I was with with the book. I really appreciated that thing. I was going to look for more of his books. And and I probably told him, and man, your poor wife, Julie, because everyone tells me about my poor wife. (laughs) And- Lo and behold, I sent it off, and two days later, he answered me. Wow, prompt so, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty shocking. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So not only did he answer you, yes, I we are also going to figure out where to include this in this episode. It'll be a bonus later yes, at the end. <laughs> yes, but he also responded via MP3, so we have a way that we can include his voice in here too. I I think that's you know a guy that works for Esquire writes all these books, does all these experiential things, and some guy out of the blue 
just writes to you and you answer them. And then you answer them a couple of times. And I know what it was. It was when I finished the last book, The Puzzler, Mm -hmm. I was sent him something that I thought was funny. And I'm so I'm sure it was. (laughs) And I told him that you probably owe my family royalties because long before he wrote this book, I called my wife the puzzler because she does jigsaw Uh puzzles. And so I said, so I think you probably owe us some royalties. And he wrote back, (laughs) I don't know about the royalties, but you had mentioned doing a podcast. So if you want to send me some questions, I'll send you a file. And so that's what he did. He responded to two or three questions. And so we also have the (laughs) voice from A.J. Jacobs himself. It was a nice quid pro quo since since he stole your your nickname. I would have rather had the royalties, but A.J., you know what? (laughs) Beggars can't be choosers, right? I would rather have the author interview. Yes, because this makes for a first for our podcast. It's very exciting. Yeah. And I mean, it seems very in line with his personality. The types of books he's writing, it seems like a person who would who would answer a fan and talk to them, you know? Which brings us to the last book. The first book. But it was really the first book. That's right. So after I read those four and I heard there was a title, The Two Kings, Jesus and Elvis. I mean, my mind started racing how comical that could be. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to hear the story and how he was going to meld his wife and his and his father into Jesus and Elvis. But as it turns out, it's nothing like the other book. It's almost like a calendar of the year where there's pictures and one-liners, and he's basically comparing Elvis and Jesus. So let me look here for a couple. So he'll say something like, Jesus delivered us, and you turn the page, Elvis helps us get delivered, and it shows Elvis on a postage stamp. (laughs) So he's comparing Jesus and Elvis and cer- certain things that they did in their lives. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a Capricorn. <laughs> he was born on December 25th. Elvis is a Capricorn. He was born on January 8th. <laughs> Let's see. There was there's a couple that were actually funny in here. And it is a much different book. It's like significantly smaller than his other's books. I'm seeing you flip through it and it really is just like a a plain page with like the statement on one page and an image on the other. That's it. Yeah. It's a statement in a picture. Jesus said, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. There are 5,000 Elvis impersonators in the United States today. <laughs> so he just keeps going back and forth. Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Elvis said, welcome to paradise in Paradise Hawaiian style, one of his <laughs> movies. So that's what the whole book is. It's a picture and a statement and his Jesus mother was a virgin. Elvis mother was a virgin at one time. <laughs> so very, very different. I was yeah. I was expecting kind of a, a story kind of mm-hmm. thing. And it's kind of like a calendar, you know, back and forth, uh, just one line statements about Jesus and then about Elvis. Yeah. Very different. He's definitely changed like his writing style and his, and his content. It seems like he's kept the humor, but he's added a lot more personality and depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I say, I can't even imagine the amount of research that he goes in to doing these things, all the Bibles he read, the trips to Israel, all the different type of religious books, just to get a context about mm-hmm. what the Bible said. Hiring a, a man to to look at his wardrobe. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Flying to be 
Mm-hmm. Jigsaw puzzle. Yes, I might I'm... look into outsourcing answering my phone calls. <laughs> I'd like to outsource my social calendar, like for the most part. Oh, yeah. Not all of it, but you know. Yeah. No, I mean, family just get someone, else to, just get someone else to organize it would be great. Yes. Just be like, I do three nights a week that are empty, but other than that, just schedule me. <laughs> <laughs> so I did notice that Drop Dead Healthy is not included in your stack. Do you think you're going to go visit that one at some point, or are you AJ Jacobs out? No. So I'm not A.J. Jacobs out. I think on the faith side, I read everything Max Lucado writes. He's mm-hmm. just a, a phenomenal writer. If I hear a new book is out or if my wife sees it before Christmas, <laughs> I've got everything he's ever written. A.J. Jacobs is my new Max Lucado. Okay. So if he writes something, I'm going to be reading it and I'm going to be emailing him because I know he's waiting by the computer yeah. to see what With I think. breath. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is because, you know. <laughs> and you've got a few more out there. I know Drop Dead Healthy was one of them, but also the genetics one. Oh, I don't know. It was, it was like a family tree one or something. I distinctly remember there being a tree on the front. Really? Now I'm having a moment where I'm just like, oh, no, he's going to be in this interview. I can't lie. <laughs> well, he's very flexible. I mean, he's got a chapter in my life as a beautiful woman. So, I mean, he knows not just poses naked, but he had a nanny for his kids who was very hot. He, he says his words, not mine. I don't know the nanny. <laughs> but he believed in this day and age that she needed to get some more dates. And so that's online dating for, for people today. Oh, that's funny. And so she wasn't big into that idea, but he coaxed her into it saying he would answer for her. So he became her. Oh, gosh. And, all, and they got a lot of responses and they're watching the back and forth. So he's now playing the woman. He's playing the nanny in all the responses. That went on for quite it's a while. kind of like a reverse catfish. <laughs> it's called It's All Relative Adventures Up and Down the World's Family Tree. Is that a recent book? It was after the year of living. Wow. So a ways ago. Yeah. All right. No, I can't recommend him highly enough. I, if you like to read, learn something, and be incredibly entertained because his writing style is very easy to read with the exception of the puzzler, but that's because he's trying to teach you algorithms. I didn't want to learn that much. Education. But yeah, <laughs> that doggone education. But but his style is very funny, and mm-hmm. he takes everything that he learned or whatever experience that he's in, pulls in his family. He's got poor Julie doing this or that, his dad doing this or that. Probably has the three boys doing yeah. stuff now. So, yeah, he's on my favorites list. He's, he's right up there with wrestling now. <laughs> An honored spot. (laughs) Hulk Hogan would think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing a beloved author here. Like a bunch of our librarians like to recommend him, but we've never talked about him on the show. So and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Wait, wait. But before that, listen to some words from AJ Jacobs. Hello, Kevin and Kevin's listeners. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I am very honored and I love libraries. And here is uh, the answers to a couple of questions that Kevin sent me. He wrote, in all of my adventures, what has been the wildest reaction to anything I've said or done? And he suggested the time I stole stoned adulterers. And that is indeed one of the, I'll tell it quickly, for those who haven't read the book on the Bible. But I was in the middle of a project and I was really getting into it. So I had on a robe and sandals and a huge beard. And a man came up to me. I was in Central Park in New York, where I live. And a man came up to me and said, what's going on? Why do you look like this? And I said, well, 
I'm trying to live by all the rules of the Bible, from the Ten Commandments to stoning adulterers. And he says, well, I'm an adulterer. Are you going to stone me? And I said, well, that would be wonderful. Thank you for the offer. And I took out a handful of stones that I had been carrying around for quite some time, hoping to run into an adulterer. And the stones were very small. They were the size of pebbles. So I showed it to him, figuring he'd be okay with it. He was not. He grabbed the stones, the pebbles, out of my hand and threw them at my face. So an eye for an eye is also in the Bible. I figured, well, I can toss one back at him. And that is how what I did. And that is how I checked stoning off of my list of things to do. Second question is that you always weave your father, your wife, and your children into your stories. What has been your favorite or funniest event with the family? Well, yes, they have been very patient at times, very annoyed at other times. My wife, when I was reading the encyclopedia, my wife started to uh, penalize me. She fined me $1 for every irrelevant fact I inserted into conversation. Another one was from the Bible year. The Bible says in the Old Testament that you should uh, discipline your children with a paddle. You should not spare the rod. So that's not my parenting style. <laughs> I felt a little awkward doing it. So my compromise was I got a, a sort of a Nerf paddle, and I decided I would discipline my two-year-old or three-year-old son with that uh, when he did something wrong. So I did, and he found it hilarious. So he actually ran into our closet and got out a wiffle bat and started hitting me with a wiffle bat. So that was not the message I was trying to impart, and that was not a success. And the third question is that you have, uh, what is next? Basically, what is next? And I'm still figuring that out. If you have any suggestions, email me, please. Well, my wife loves restaurants, so she wants me to go with her to every restaurant in New York with her. But that's 26,000 restaurants in New York. So if you do three a day, it's still basically 20, 26 years or 23 years, a long time. So I don't think I'll be doing that. But thank you again, Kevin, and to your listeners. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. And thank you for tuning in. <laughs> and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. No, you're good. I was trying to with.